Welcome to HackerCast, an end-to-end AI-generated podcast summary of Hacker News. I'm your host, GPT-4. HackerCast is available on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts as well as our website, camrobjones.com hackercast. Today is September 15, 2023. Let's get started. Part 1. Favorites. 1. Chrome now tracks users and shares a topic list with advertisers from arstechnica.com. In an article penned by Ron Amadeo for Ars Technica, Google's controversial new ad platform, Privacy Sandbox, has been launched in Chrome. This feature, previously known as Flock and Topics API, tracks the web pages users visit and generates a list of advertising topics that it shares with web pages on request. Despite widespread opposition, Google has pushed this feature into production due to its position as one of the world's largest advertising companies. The privacy sandbox has been rolled out to most Chrome users, with a pop-up notification informing them of the new ad privacy feature. Google frames this as a significant step towards a more private web, arguing that this new ad platform, despite its limitations, is better than the unrestricted third-party cookies. However, this argument is based on the false premise that users must choose between old and new tracking methods. Chrome users can control this feature by navigating to the Chrome settings, then privacy and security, and finally add privacy. From here, users can disable the ad platform in six clicks. If left enabled, users can view the ad topics page to see what ads Chrome thinks they would like to see. This list is then sent to advertisers when the user visits a page. Google plans to block third-party cookies in the second half of 2024, presumably after ensuring that the privacy sandbox can maintain its profits. While this move is unlikely to be popular among users, Google's control over Chrome means it's unlikely to drive users to switch to other browsers like Firefox. In essence, Google's new ad platform is a contentious move towards a more tracked web under the guise of privacy. It highlights the ongoing tension between user privacy and the advertising needs of tech giants. 2. The Tyranny of the Marginal User from NothingHuman.Substack.com The article The Tyranny of the Marginal User by Ivan Vendroff on Nothing Human discusses the degradation of consumer software over time, despite technological advancements and significant investment in research and development. Vendroff uses OKCupid and Google Search as examples of this trend, attributing the decline to the focus on the marginal user, users who prefer simple, repetitive actions and can be monetized through ads or contribute to network effects. Vendroff concludes that this focus on the marginal user often neglects the needs of the existing user base and limits user agency. In a separate comment or post, an unnamed author from the Institute for Meaning Alignment discusses their work in aligning LLMs and the concept of revealed preference versus meaningful choice. The author suggests this issue is not exclusive to software but also occurs in markets and voting systems. However, the text lacks specific details about the author's work, the content of the discussion, and the concept of revealed preference versus meaningful choice. The text also includes links to the Institute for Meaning Alignment's website and the author's paper on GitHub, but does not provide further details about these resources. 3. Touch Pianist from touchpianist.com Badahan Bosekurt has created a unique musical tool named Touch Pianist. This innovative platform allows users to perform complex classical piano pieces from renowned composers such as Beethoven, Mozart, and Bach, among others, by simply tapping the rhythm of the piece's sound events on a computer keyboard or touchscreen. The user interface is straightforward and intuitive, requiring no prior musical knowledge. The user selects a piece of music and then taps in rhythm to the piece's sound events. The software then translates these taps into the corresponding piano notes, allowing the user to perform the piece. The website also recommends using Chrome for the best experience and provides links for downloading the app on Android and iOS. In essence, 
Touch Pianist democratizes the experience of playing classical music, making it accessible to anyone with a computer or smartphone. It's a fascinating blend of technology and art, transforming the way we interact with music. The significance of Touch Pianist lies in its potential to make classical music more accessible and enjoyable for a broader audience. It also highlights the transformative power of technology in reshaping our engagement with traditional art forms. 4. Asking 60 LLMs a set of 20 questions from benchmarks.monitor.com. The LLM Benchmarks website, created by Vince, is a unique platform that tests and compares over 60 language learning models, LLMs, using a set of 20 questions. These questions are designed to evaluate the model's abilities in areas such as basic reasoning, instruction following, and creativity. The results of these tests are stored in SQLite database and made available for public viewing. The questions posed to the LLMs are diverse and thought-provoking. For instance, one question asks the model to argue for and against the use of Kubernetes in the form of a haiku. Another question tests the model's mathematical reasoning by asking it to calculate the remaining number of apples after a series of transactions. The models are also asked to explain complex concepts like quantum field theory to a high school student, translate a poetic sentence into French, and even write Python functions. Vince acknowledges that the benchmarking process is not perfect and aims to improve it by using better stop sequences and prompt formatting tailored to each model. He also plans to introduce public votes to compute an ELO rating, compare two models side-by-side, and allow community-submitted prompts. Vince is also developing an open-source observability tool for AI developers. In essence, the LLM Benchmarks website is a valuable resource for anyone interested in understanding the capabilities and limitations of various language learning models. It provides a unique, comparative perspective that can help in choosing the right model for specific tasks. 5. Love, a framework to make 2D games in Lua from love2d.org. Love is a free, open-source 2D game engine that allows developers to create games using the Lua programming language. It's compatible with a wide range of operating systems, including Windows, Mac OS X, Linux, Android, and iOS. The website provides download links for the latest version of the engine, Love 11.4, for all supported platforms. The site also offers a community forum where developers can seek help, share their projects, and explore what others have created using Love. There's also a Discord server and an IRC channel for real-time communication. The engine is licensed under the Zlib slash license, meaning it's free for commercial use with no limitations. For beginners, the site provides simple code snippets to get started, demonstrating how to draw text and images, and how to play sounds. More comprehensive tutorials are available on the site's wiki. The website also showcases a variety of games that have been created using Love, ranging from commercial projects to game jams and prototypes. In essence, Love is a versatile tool for game development, with a supportive community and a wealth of resources to help developers get started and bring their ideas to life. The significance of Love lies in its accessibility and versatility. It's a powerful tool for both beginners and experienced developers, offering a platform for creative expression and innovation in the realm of 2D game development. 6. Aardvark, the Fog Creek documentary, 18 years later from Glinch.io. The article Aardvark, the Fog Creek documentary, 18 years later by Michael Lynch discusses a 2005 documentary about the summer internship program at software company Fog Creek. The documentary, Aardvark, 12 Weeks with Geeks, follows four interns as they design and launch a new software product, Copilot. It features interviews with future tech industry leaders, including Y Combinator co-founders Paul Graham and Jessica Livingston, Reddit founders Steve Huffman and Alexis Ohanian, and Aaron Swartz, co-founder of Reddit and Demand Progress. 
Despite its low production quality, the documentary provides valuable insights into the early careers of these entrepreneurs. The article also provides updates on the interns and other Fog Creek employees featured in the documentary. The documentary and a related video course, Make Better Software, the training series, are now available for free on YouTube. 7. We built the fastest C and it failed from earthly.dev. The articles discuss the journey of Earthly C, a continuous integration, C, system, from its inception to its eventual shutdown. Earthly C was developed with the aim of providing consistent, high-speed builds and a next-gen developer experience. Despite initial validation and anticipation, the system faced challenges in convincing new clients of its benefits and persuading them to undertake a costly migration process. The company attempted to convert existing Earthly satellite customers to Earthly C, but this proved difficult as the latter did not offer significantly better value. Direct calls with prospects were also unsuccessful, as they were reluctant to switch from their current setups. The company decided to shut down Earthly C and refocus on Earthly and Earthly satellites, which were seeing significant and increasing adoption rates. The text also discusses Earthly's innovative approach to build automation, its open source license, and its potential to solve the problem of reproducible builds. 8. How to build a IP geolocation database from scratch. From epapy.is. The article on epapy.is provides a comprehensive guide on geolocation, the process of mapping IP addresses to geographical locations. It outlines the use cases for geolocation intelligence, such as targeted advertising, fraud detection, and network security. The article discusses the accuracy of IP geolocation and the technicalities of creating a geolocation database from scratch. It explains the process of extracting geolocation data from WHOIS records and the use of geolocation attributes in various databases. The article also provides examples of IP addresses where WHOIS data can be used to derive geolocation information and discusses the use of WHOIS records for geolocation. It explores several open-source geolocation projects and discusses geolocation data enrichment, explaining that raw geolocation information often doesn't include all the necessary metadata to populate all geolocation fields that the database provides. 9. Category Theory Illustrated, Sets from abuseofnotation.github.io The article Category Theory Illustrated, Sets on abuseofnotation.github.io provides an in-depth explanation of sets and category theory. It describes category theory as a generalization of set theory, providing a more abstract and versatile framework for explaining various phenomena. The article discusses the concept of sets, functions, subsets, singleton sets, and the empty set. It also explains the identity function and the relationship between sets and functions with numbers. The article further discusses the application of these concepts in programming, type theory, functional composition, and the role of these concepts in category theory. The concept of isomorphism in the context of set theory and functional relationships is also discussed, with an example of temperature conversion between Celsius and Fahrenheit. The article concludes by discussing the concept of numbers as isomorphisms and the application of composition in software development. The creator, Gensel Panic, encourages support for the project and provides various means of contact. The work is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 4.0 International License. 10. Biddy Engine, an itty-bitty game engine from paladint.github.io. Biddy Engine, a compact game engine developed by Tony Wang, is designed to be a comprehensive tool for 2D game creation. It is programmable in Lua, a widely used and easy-to-learn language and comes with built-in editors for coding, graphics, and more. The engine is designed to be efficient, with a small package size and fast binary building capabilities. The engine is packed with features to make game development enjoyable and comfortable. It includes a debugger with scope inspector, breakpoint support, 
and stepping. It also offers an easy-to-use API for resources, graphics, input, audio, and more. Built-in libraries for file, file system, archive, JSON, network, physics, etc. are also included. Bidi Engine supports various file formats and technical specifications. For instance, it supports true color or palleted images up to 1024 by 1024 pixels per file, sprites up to 1024 by 1024 pixels per frame, and maps up to 4096 by 4096 tiles per page. It also supports bitmap and TrueType fonts, multiple audio formats, and input from gamepads, keyboards, and mice. The engine allows users to create standalone binaries for Windows, Mac OS, Linux, and HTML, WebAssembly, and it is redistributable for both non-commercial and commercial use without extra fees. Users can customize the icon and splash of the executable, and the engine's source code is available for further customization. In essence, Bitty Engine is a robust, compact, and user-friendly game engine that aims to streamline the process of 2D game development. The significance of Bitty Engine lies in its compact size and comprehensive feature set. It offers a one-stop solution for 2D game development, making it an attractive option for developers working on commercial or non-commercial projects, prototypes, game jams, or thought experiments. 11. In a Git repository, where do your files live? From jvns.ca. The article by Julia Evans, published on her personal blog, provides a detailed explanation of how files are stored in a Git repository. Using her blog as an example, she explains that every version of every file is stored in the .git slash objects directory. She introduces the term content address storage and explains that Git does not store files as diffs, but as whole files. She also provides Python programs to calculate the SHA1 sum of a file's content and to decompress the data. The author further explains how to find older versions of a file, how commits are stored, and how to unpack objects from pack files. She concludes by explaining how to view a commit in its tree. The author also shares her findings on the number of previous versions of files stored in her repository and reflects on her learning about Git's workings. Part 2. Show HN. 1. iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Plus from Apple.com. Apple has announced the release of the iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Plus, featuring a color-infused back glass with a textured matte finish, a new contoured edge on the aluminum enclosure, and the dynamic island for interacting with alerts and live activities. The phones are powered by the A16 Bionic chip, enhancing computational photography capabilities and graphics for video streaming and gaming. The new models also introduce a 48MP main camera with a 2x telephoto option and improved low-light performance. They offer expanded safety capabilities, including crash detection and emergency SOS via satellite, and roadside assistance via satellite. The phones will be available in five colors and three storage capacities, starting at $799 and $899 respectively. They come with iOS 17, which introduces major updates to the phone app and messages app, and are designed with environmental considerations, using more recycled content. The article also mentions the launch of two new iCloud Plus plans and the inclusion of three free months of Apple Arcade and Apple Fitness Plus with a new subscription. 2. Hack Your News, AI Summaries of the Top HN Stories from HackYourNews.com The first article, Is Postgres Q Tech Worth Considering for Background Jobs? Challenges the industry's obsession with scalability, arguing that simplicity and ease of maintenance are equally important. The author suggests that Postgres should be considered as a Q technology, especially if it's already being used as a relational database. This perspective invites us to rethink our technology choices and consider the benefits of using familiar technologies. 
The second article, OpenStreetMap introduces new TraceTrack topo map style, announces a new map style on OpenStreetMap.org. The new style, TraceTrack topo, offers improvements such as more tag support, CJK fonts, and better internationalization. However, some users have reported issues with the new map style not working properly on mobile devices or displaying satellite imagery. This development signifies OpenStreetMap's continuous efforts to enhance user experience and accessibility. The third article, Convert Your Chat GPT History to Beautiful Markdown with Python Script, introduces a Python script that converts chat GPT history into neatly formatted markdown files. This tool is a testament to the power of open-source collaboration and the continuous innovation in the field of AI and machine learning. The fourth article, Erlang Questions, Why Do We Need Modules at All? explores the necessity of modules in Erlang programming. The author suggests that while modules serve a purpose in certain contexts, there may be alternative approaches worth exploring. This discussion invites us to reconsider the fundamental principles of programming and the potential for innovation in this field. The fifth article, Netflix ends DVD subscription service, closes distribution plant, announces the end of Netflix's DVD subscription service. Despite the service's profitability and loyal customer base, Netflix sees the business as irrelevant and not worth continuing. This decision marks the end of an era and underscores the dominance of digital streaming in the entertainment industry. The sixth article, Parsing Integers Quickly with AVX 512, explains how to parse integers quickly using AVX 512 instructions. The author demonstrates that AVX 512 is over twice as fast as the standard approach. This article highlights the importance of performance optimization in computer science and the potential of AVX 512 instructions in this regard. The seventh article, Calculate Horizontal Force to Stop Block at X equals zero, presents a JavaScript function that calculates the horizontal force on a block necessary to make it stop at X equals zero. This function is a practical example of the application of mathematical concepts in programming. The eighth article, How Much Data? 3. Rivet, open-source AI agent dev end with real-world applications from rivet.ironcladapp.com. Rivet, an open-source visual AI programming environment, is the brainchild of Ironclad, a leading digital contracting platform. The tool is designed to aid in the construction of AI agents using LLMs, language model libraries. Rivet's primary features include a visual environment for designing and debugging complex LLM prompt graphs, a remote executor for running these graphs directly in applications, and a collaborative platform that allows teams to version and review their work using their preferred code review tools. Rivet's unique selling point is its ability to simplify the creation of complex chains for AI agents, making it a game-changer in the AI programming environment. It allows users to visualize and build applications for production, debug remotely in real-time, and collaborate using YAML files. Several industry leaders have praised Rivet for its visual nature and collaborative features. Todd Berman, CTO of Attentive, lauds Rivet for drastically reducing the time taken to create complex chains for AI agents. Teddy Coleman, CTO of Willow Servicing, highlights Rivet's visualization and debugging capabilities, which have been instrumental in launching their virtual mortgage servicing agent. Ironclad also uses Rivet in the development of their contract AI, CAI, a virtual contract assistant powered by AI agents. Kai can answer a wide range of questions about every stage of the contract lifecycle, leveraging Ironclad's existing capabilities like contract search, workflow process, and data visualization. In essence, Rivet is a powerful tool that is revolutionizing the way AI agents are built, making the process more efficient, collaborative, and user-friendly. This tool's significance lies in its potential to democratize the process of building AI agents, making it more accessible and efficient for teams.
its visual and collaborative nature could potentially lead to more innovative and complex AI applications in the future. 4. Trickle, let GPT-4 understand your screenshots from Trickle.so. The article discusses Trickle, an AI-powered platform that helps users manage and organize their screenshots. Trickle uses AI, specifically GPT-4, to transform screenshot clutter into visual memos and insightful summaries, particularly for text-heavy and unstructured diagrams. The platform also allows users to easily retrieve and interact with their saved screenshots. Trickle integrates with tools like Notion, WeChat, and Discord, and has a Slack integration coming soon. It also offers features like digitizing handwritten content, searching screenshots, and asking AI about semantic results. The platform is currently offering a promotional first-month subscription for $1. Trickle was featured as a top post on Product Hunt. Part 3. Code. 1. Ginks Unit, Universal Web App Server from GitHub.com. The article discusses the GitHub repository for Ginks Unit, an open-source, lightweight, and versatile web app server. The server can execute application code across eight different programming languages and is licensed under the Apache 2.0 license. The repository includes sections like code, issues, pull requests, and more. It also details a recent commit that fixed a build issue on Muscle LibEC with Clang. The article provides an overview of Nginx unit's capabilities, including serving static media assets and running application code in multiple languages. It also highlights its RESTful JSON API, complex architecture, and the ongoing open API specification. The article concludes by providing information on how to get involved with Nginx unit community. The server has received 4.7k stars and 298 forks on GitHub. 2. Notes from building a blog in Django from till.simonwillison.net. Simon Willison, the author of the article, shares his experience and insights on building a blog using Django, a high-level Python web framework. He outlines the essential features for a blog in 2023, which include having a title, summary, body, and publication date for each post, the ability to mark posts as live or draft, an index page showing the most recent entries, an archive mechanism for older entries, an atom feed, and social media card metadata for enhanced link sharing on platforms like Twitter and Mastodon. Willison provides a detailed walkthrough of the Django model he used for the blog, which includes fields for title, creation date, summary, body, social media card image, authors, tags, and a draft status. He also explains the URL format for the blog, which namespaces posts by year. The article further delves into the view functions defined for the blog application, including the index, entry, year, archive, and tag views. Willison also shares the code for defining the Atom feed using the Django syndication feed framework, and discusses the importance of social media cards for enhancing the appearance of shared links on various platforms. The author also shares snippets from his entry.html template, which includes meta tags for Twitter and OpenGraph protocol for Facebook. He also discusses the URL configuration and the suite of tests he added to ensure the correct functioning of the is underscore draft feature in the Atom feed. In conclusion, Willison invites readers to check out the finished blog and states that the code snippets in the article are licensed under the Apache license, version 2.0. This article is a valuable resource for anyone interested in building a blog using Django. It provides a comprehensive guide, complete with code snippets and explanations, that can serve as a blueprint for creating a functional, feature-rich blog. 3. Death by a Thousand Microservices from RenegadeOtter.com the article Death by a Thousand Microservices by Andrei Taranchenko critically examines the software industry's trend of overcomplicating systems with microservices. 
Taranchenko argues that this complexity is often unnecessary and detrimental, leading to wasteful spending and inefficient systems. He criticizes the industry's obsession with scalability and the practice of dividing a problem into smaller pieces for separate teams, which often results in poor communication and coordination. Taranchenko suggests that the industry should focus on solving real problems with simpler, more efficient systems. Another article on Backstage discusses the challenges and potential drawbacks of using microservices in software development. It highlights the high cost and complexity of significant tooling required for microservices, the difficulties of integration testing in a distributed setup, and the unnecessary extreme of creating a service for each function. The author suggests starting with a monolith or using a trunk and branches pattern as more sensible approaches. The article concludes that the hype around microservices is dying down as businesses are starting to make more common sense decisions. 4. I built a Python web framework from github.com. The GitHub repository titled GitHub, Zero Intensity Slash View.py, Lightning Fast, Modern Web Framework is a public project managed by Zero Intensity. It has been starred 162 times and forked 5 times, and is licensed under the MIT license. The repository includes various features such as code, issues, pull requests, and more. It has 26 issues, 1 pull request, and a total of 148 commits. The repository contains several directories and files, each with its own commit message and time. It also provides options to work with the code locally, in code spaces, or to clone the repository. The project, written in Python, is in a high alpha stage of development and is seeking new contributors. It has three contributors and is primarily written in Python, followed by C and HTML. The project can be installed via PyPy and has a Discord server. 5. Snake Fury, a challenge for Haskell beginners from github.com. The text is a detailed guide from a GitHub repository titled Snake Fury by Userlsmer, aimed at helping Haskell beginners. The guide provides a learning path for those wanting to delve deeper into Haskell beyond basic recursion exercises, by implementing the Snake game. The learning approach is based on two principles, it's a challenge, not a tutorial, and it focuses on learning by refactoring, not by example. The guide provides detailed instructions on how to clone the code, set up the development environment, and build a minimum viable product, MVP, of the game. It also provides instructions for five refactoring exercises. The repository is licensed under the BSD3 clause license and has received 368 stars and 23 forks. The guide encourages users to provide feedback and contribute to the project. 6. KR8S, a Python client library for Kubernetes from github.com. The article discusses the GitHub repository KR8S org slash KR8S, which hosts a Python client library for Kubernetes. The library is designed to be user-friendly, especially for those familiar with Kubectl, and comes with a comprehensive set of features. The repository is public, licensed under BSD3 clause, and has received 504 stars. The library offers an asynchronous API, client caching, and useful utilities and methods. The article also provides a quick start guide on how to install and use KR8S. The library is used by two other projects and has four main contributors. Part 4. Data. 1. PostgreSQL 16 from PostgreSQL.org. The PostgreSQL Global Development Group has announced the release of PostgreSQL 16, the latest iteration of the world's most advanced open-source database. This new version brings significant performance enhancements, including improvements to query parallelism, bulk data loading, and logical replication. The Query Planner in PostgreSQL 16 can now parallelize full and write joins, 
generate better optimized plans for queries using aggregate functions with a distinct or order by clause, and optimize window functions for more efficient execution. Bulk loading using the copy command has also been improved, with tests showing up to a 300% performance increase in some cases. In terms of logical replication, PostgreSQL 16 allows users to perform logical replication from a standby instance, providing new workload distribution options. There are also several performance improvements to logical replication, including the ability for subscribers to apply large transactions using parallel workers. For developers, PostgreSQL 16 introduces more syntax from the SQL-JSON standard, new commands in PSQL, and improved support for text collations. Monitoring has also been enhanced, with the introduction of pg-stat-io for granular analysis of I.O. access patterns, and a new field in the pg-stat-all-tables view that records when a table or index was last scanned. In terms of access control and security, PostgreSQL 16 provides finer-grained options and enhances other security features. This includes improved management of pg-orpa.conference and pg-ident.conference files, and the addition of several security-oriented client connection parameters. In essence, PostgreSQL 16 is a significant upgrade that offers users more methods to scale up and scale out their workloads, and new ways to gain insights and optimize how they manage their data. This release is a testament to PostgreSQL's commitment to continuous improvement and innovation, and it further solidifies its position as the preferred open-source relational database for organizations of all sizes. 2. Lantern, a PostgreSQL vector database for building AI applications from docs.lantern.dev. Penned by Jung Park and Narek Galstein, the CEO and CTO of Lantern respectively, this blog post introduces Lantern, a PostgreSQL vector database extension designed to facilitate the building of AI applications. Lantern prides itself on having the most comprehensive feature set among PostgreSQL vector database extensions. Current features include the ability to create an AI application end-to-end without leaving your database, embedding generation for popular use cases, interoperability with vectors data type, and parallel index creation capabilities. The team also teases upcoming features such as a cloud-hosted version of Lantern, industry-specific application building guides, tools for generating embeddings, support for version control and A-B test embeddings, and more. Lantern's performance is another highlight of the post. The extension creates an index to efficiently search for similar vectors, tracking three key metrics, create index time, select throughput, and select latency. The team claims that Lantern matches or outperforms competitors like Vector and PG underscore embedding, Neon, on all these metrics. The database is built on top of U-Search, a state-of-the-art implementation of HNSW, a scalable and performant algorithm for handling vector search. The authors explain that they started Lantern because they believe in the importance of building on top of PostgreSQL. They argue that developers are familiar with PostgreSQL, many companies already store their data on it, and standalone vector databases would have to rebuild what PostgreSQL has achieved over the past 30 years. Lantern aims to build the most performant vector database and the best suite of tools to help developers build AI applications. The post concludes with a call to action for readers to try the extension, provide feedback, report bugs, and even join the team. They also offer incentives such as free AirPods Pro for those who switch from Vector to Lantern. In essence, this article signifies the emergence of a robust tool for developers building AI applications. By leveraging the familiarity and power of PostgreSQL, Lantern could potentially streamline the process of creating and managing AI applications, thereby fostering innovation in the field. 3. PGJQ, use JQ in PostgreSQL from GitHub.com. 
The article is a detailed overview of a GitHub project called PGJQ, created by Florence Tselai. The project is an extension that integrates the standard JQ compiler into Postgres, adding a JPROG data type and a function to execute them on JSONB objects. The repository page provides comprehensive information about the project, including its usage, installation, potential issues, and examples. The project has gained some attention from the GitHub community, as indicated by its 81 stars and two forks. The project is licensed under the MIT license, allowing for wide usage and modification. The repository page also includes a readme file and a section for community feedback. The author also provides a detailed guide on how to use JQ in Postgres, run queries on JSON files, and install the PGJQ extension. The author acknowledges known issues and encourages users to report any regressions. The PGJQ extension is licensed under the MIT license. Part 5. Design. 1. Procreate Dreams from Procreate.com. The creators of Procreate, a popular digital art software, have announced the release of a new animation app called Procreate Dreams. This new app is designed to be accessible to anyone, regardless of their animation experience, and is packed with powerful tools for creating hand-drawn animations and motion graphics. Procreate Dreams offers an all-new drawing experience, allowing users to bring texture to their animations using their favorite Procreate brushes. It also introduces a revolutionary multi-touch timeline made specifically for animation with fluid gestures that keep the user focused on creating. The app also includes features for recording motion or effects through touch, editing video, and enriching animations with sound. Users can perform lightning-fast edits with 4K Pro Res footage and create massive sets for characters to come to life, all within a single project. Additional features include live motion and effects that can be adjusted at any time, keyframes for power and precision, real-time rendering for instant playback, onion skins for easy activation and customization, and the ability to animate type and import custom fonts. Procreate Dreams also introduces a new file format designed for iCloud synchronization and backups. This format bundles all assets into one file, with saved undo history and instant open. The app is designed to work seamlessly with iPad and Apple Pencil, delivering a natural and responsive painting experience, supercharged timeline editing, and more. Procreate Dreams is set to be released on November 22nd and will be available for a one-time purchase of $19.99. In essence, Procreate Dreams is a comprehensive tool for creating rich 2D animations, expressive videos, and breathtaking stories. It's a significant addition to the digital art landscape, offering a user-friendly platform for both beginners and experienced animators to bring their art and stories to life. 2. OpenMoji from GitHub.com The OpenMoji project, Hosted on GitHub by HFG Gmuend, is an open-source initiative that provides emojis for designers, developers, and others. The project has seen significant engagement, with 3.4k stars and 192 forks. The repository contains various directories, each with files related to the project, and offers several ways to work with the code. The project is in active development, with regular updates to the master branch. OpenMoji provides a range of resources, including a style guide, developer setup instructions, API documentation, and more. The emojis can be downloaded and used in various formats and applications. The project requires attribution and is licensed under the CC by SA 4.0 license. The code is licensed under the GNU Lesser General Public License V3, LGPL 3.0. The project has had contributions from 47 individuals and is used by 106 other projects or users on GitHub. The main languages used in the project are HTML and JavaScript. 3. A design system for the federal government from designsystem.digital.gov 
The United States Web Design System, USWDS, is a comprehensive design system developed by the U.S. government to facilitate the creation of accessible, mobile-friendly government websites. The system is an active open-source project, with contributors from both inside and outside the government. USWDS offers a plethora of resources for developers and designers. It provides a wide range of components, each with UX, accessibility, and implementation guidance. These components range from basic elements like buttons and checkboxes to more complex structures like accordions and modals. The system also offers patterns, which provide guidance on crafting effective and inclusive user experiences. These patterns cover various scenarios, such as creating a user profile or completing a complex form. Design tokens, described as the building blocks of Usewood's component design, are another key feature. These tokens help designers maintain consistency in their designs, covering aspects like color, typesetting, and spacing. Usewoods also provides utilities that allow designers to adapt their designs and deliver prototypes quickly and consistently without writing any CSS. The system also showcases examples of its implementation across various government websites, including Vote.gov, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, and NASA Glenn Research Center, among others. In essence, Usewoods is a robust tool for building government websites, ensuring they are accessible, consistent, and user-friendly. The significance of Usewoods lies in its potential to standardize the web presence of U.S. government agencies, making their online services more accessible and user-friendly. It also fosters an open-source community where government and non-government contributors can collaborate and improve the system. Part 6. Books. 1. The Project Gutenberg Open Audiobook Collection from Marhamel Research 4.blob.core.windows.net The Project Gutenberg Open Audiobook Collection is a collaborative effort between Project Gutenberg, Microsoft, and MIT to create thousands of free and open audiobooks. The project leverages new neural text-to-speech technology and Project Gutenberg's extensive open access collection of e-books. The aim is to democratize access to high-quality audiobooks and make literature more accessible to all, whether for educational purposes, inclusive reading technology, or leisurely listening. The audiobooks are available on various platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Archive.org. The code used to generate these audiobooks is open source and can be found on GitHub. For those interested in the technical details of the project, the team has published a paper titled Large-Scale Automatic Audiobook Creation on R. 14. However, it's important to note that these audiobooks are generated by new neural text-to-speech technology and automated parsing of e-books, which may result in errors, strange pronunciations, or potentially offensive language. The views presented in these audiobooks do not represent those of Microsoft or Project Gutenberg. Users can report any issues with the recordings through a provided link. In essence, this project is a significant step towards making literature more accessible to a wider audience, harnessing the power of AI to bridge the gap between traditional reading and the digital age. However, as with any AI-powered technology, it is not without its potential flaws and challenges. 2. The Aukbook 60 Line Version of Make from Benhoit.com The article, The AWK Book 60 Line Version of Make by Ben Hoyt, discusses a simplified version of the Make utility written in AWK code included in the AWK programming language book by Aho, Weinberger, and Kernighan. The author presents the Make program, comparing it with a Python port, and provides a detailed explanation of how it works. The article also includes the full source code of the Make program from the book's second edition. The author praises AWK's utility for data analysis and extraction scripts, but suggests Python is a better language for such programs due to its richer data types and less quirky syntax.
The full source code for both the AWK and Python versions of the Make program is available on the author's GitHub repository. 3. The Pinouts book, Pinout functions for 130 commonly used components from pinouts.org. The website in focus, pinouts.org, offers a free digital resource titled The Pinouts Book. This book, designed for engineers and designers, serves as a quick reference guide for various pinout functions used in electronics projects. The current version of the book, 0.3, covers 130 commonly used components, including connectors, single board computers, dev boards, memory cards, and microcontroller chips. For those seeking more technical details, each page of the book contains a link to official data sheets and specifications. The creators, Node and Baptiste, plan to update the book over time. While the book remains free, they have designed merchandise based on the book's illustrations for those wishing to support the project. The significance of this resource lies in its potential to simplify and expedite the design process for electronics projects. By providing a consolidated, easily accessible reference for pinout functions, it can save designers and engineers valuable time and effort. 4. Book Review, Elon Musk from AstralCodexton.com The article is a review of Ashley Vance's biography of Elon Musk, discussing Musk's unique leadership style, his impact on the industries he is involved in, and his personal characteristics. Musk's success is attributed to his extreme focus, determination, and ability to absorb vast amounts of information. His hands-on approach to design and insistence on his ideas, even when met with disagreement, are also highlighted. The article also discusses Musk's public relations approach, his passion for futurology, and his tendency to take on seemingly impossible tasks. Criticisms include Musk's erratic philosophical approach, his temperamental nature, and the high demands and unrealistic schedules he imposes on his employees. Despite these, many employees admire Musk and are drawn to the potential that working for him offers. The article concludes by discussing Musk's potential success with Twitter and his forward-thinking approach to business. Part 7. Learn. 1. Credit card debt collection from bitsaboutmoney.com. The article Credit Card Debt Collection by Patrick McKenzie, published on Bits About Money, discusses the complexities and issues within the debt collection industry. McKenzie describes credit card debt as the waste stream of consumer finance and provides insights into the industry using his personal experiences. He explains the life cycle of defaulted debt, the role of financial institutions in managing delinquent debt, and the structure of the debt collection industry. McKenzie criticizes the industry as sordid and virtually immune to reform due to its structure and the socioeconomic reality of defaulting debtors. He also discusses the rights of debtors, which are often not observed by lenders and debt collectors. In another article, Why Are Debt Collectors So Bad at Debt Collection? McKenzie discusses the operations of debt collection firms, the issue of litigious debtors, and the process of locating contact information for debtors. He also explains the goal of debt collectors when making calls and the issue of suing people for debts. The article further discusses the process and implications of default judgments in debt collection, which can turn uncollected debts into financial assets with value. Despite the challenges faced by debt collectors, the economics of the system make it profitable for them to continue pursuing cases. The article concludes by noting that many people have suggested improvements to this system, but the current state of affairs is the result of complex structural factors. 2. Every type of plastic used by Lego from BrickNerd.com The article Every Type of Plastic Used by Lego on BrickNerd, written by Dave Schkick with contributions from Ryan Howarder, provides a comprehensive overview of the different types of plastic materials used by Lego in the production of their bricks. The article discusses various plastics including CA, HIPS, Bakelite, ABS, SAN, PP, PC, MABS, polyamide, POM, TP, 
PE, MTPO, TPU, subs, and PET. It also highlights LEGO's sustainability efforts, including a $400 million US dollar investment to replace all packaging with sustainable materials. The Brick Nerd platform, which is not associated with the LEGO group, offers a variety of LEGO-related content, contests, and shopping links, and encourages support through Patreon and one-time donations. 3. School of SRE, Curriculum for Onboarding Non-Traditional Hires and New Grads from GitHub.com The text is from LinkedIn School of Site Reliability Engineering, SRE, GitHub Repository, a public curriculum used for onboarding new SREs at LinkedIn. The repository has received 7.4k stars and 662 forks, and includes sections such as code, issues, pull requests, actions, projects, security, and insights. The repository's main branch may belong to a fork outside of the repository, and there are 16 branches and zero tags. The curriculum was created in response to a lack of resources for aspiring SREs and covers a wide range of topics, from Linux basics to continuous integration and delivery. The curriculum has been successful in onboarding new hires at LinkedIn, prompting them to make it open source. The project has 45 contributors and is primarily written in HTML and CSS. 4. Rubber Hose Animation from n.wikipedia.org The article titled Rubber Hose Animation on Wikipedia explores the history and influence of this animation style, which was popular in the 1920s and 1930s. The style is characterized by fluid, curvy, exaggerated movements, resembling a rubber hose. The article discusses the early days of animation, where artists from comic strips transitioned into the animation field, experimenting with moving drawings. The style fell out of favor in the 1930s with the rise of Walt Disney's more realistic animation, but elements of it have continued to appear in later cartoons and video games. The article also highlights the influence of rubber hose animation in modern media, including cartoons, anime series, music videos, and comic books. The text also provides a comprehensive list of links related to animation, covering a wide range of topics, from various roles in the animation industry to different types of animation techniques and variants. Part 8, Startup News 1. Tailscale has partnered with Mulvod from Mulvod.net. The blog post on Mulvod's website announces a partnership with Tailscale, a network connectivity company. Prior to this partnership, customers had to choose between using either Tailscale or Mulvod, as the two services couldn't coexist. Now, thanks to this collaboration, Customers can use both services simultaneously through the Tailscale app. The partnership allows Tailscale customers to use Mulvod's WireGuard VPN servers as exit nodes. In layman's terms, this means that while connected to Tailscale, users can access their devices across Tailscale's mesh network, while still connecting outbound through Mulvod VPN WireGuard servers in any location. The post provides a couple of examples to illustrate this. For instance, a mobile phone could connect to a PC via Tailscale to access private photo albums, while simultaneously browsing the internet via a Molvod VPN server located in Sweden. Similarly, a personal computer could connect via Tailscale to another PC in a cafe to work on self-hosted documents, while sending all other traffic through Molvod VPN while on unencrypted Wi-Fi. In essence, this partnership enhances the flexibility and security of network connections for users of both services, allowing them to enjoy the benefits of both Tailscale and Mulvod simultaneously. This partnership signifies a step forward in providing users with more secure and flexible network connectivity options. It demonstrates how collaborations in the tech industry can lead to innovative solutions that enhance user experience and security. 2. SpaceX no longer taking losses to produce Starlink satellite antennas from CNBC.com. 
The articles from CNBC report that SpaceX has stopped absorbing the cost of the Starlink antennas it sells with its satellite internet service, a move that could improve the company's profitability. The announcement was made by Jonathan Hoffeller, SpaceX's vice president of Starlink and commercial sales, at the World Satellite Business Week conference. The company sells consumer Starlink antennas for $599 each, and for more demanding customers, the price ranges from $2,500 to $150,000. Initially, the terminals cost about $3,000 each to manufacture, but this has been reduced to less than $600 each due to mass production savings. Despite the capital-intensive nature of SpaceX's businesses, the company turned a profit in the first quarter of 2023. As of May, SpaceX had over 1.5 million customers for its Starlink service, a figure that has since increased. Part 9. Fun. 1. Emoji Generator with AI from Emoji.Fly.dev The website in focus, AI Emojis, is an open-source emoji generator powered by artificial intelligence. Developed by CBH123 and hosted on GitHub, it allows users to generate unique emojis by inputting simple phrases like cat or high five. The AI then interprets these phrases and generates a corresponding emoji which can be downloaded and used on platforms like Slack. The website features a variety of AI-generated emojis, including ones based on famous personalities like Nikola Tesla, Isaac Newton, and Barack Obama, as well as pop culture icons like Pixar's Buzz Lightyear and Woody. Other creative examples include a Cthulhu emoji, a zombie pope, and a floppy disk sandwich, showcasing the AI's ability to interpret and visualize even the most unconventional phrases. In essence, AI emojis is a testament to the creative potential of AI in the realm of digital communication. By allowing users to generate their own unique emojis, it adds a layer of personalization and fun to online interactions. 2. Ghidra Plays Mario from GitHub.com the GitHub repository Ghidra Plays Mario by user Neves Nunes is about playing NES ROMs with Ghidra's code emulator. The repository is licensed under the MIT license and contains various files and folders. The repository provides options for code review, issue tracking, pull requests, and more. The repository also hosts an article titled Can Ghidra Play Super Mario Brothers? where the author demonstrates that Ghidra can play Super Mario Brothers, albeit slowly. The author provides a detailed setup guide for reproducing the first level run using Ghidra 10.3.2 on Debian GNU Linux 12. The author also discusses some takeaways from the project, provides some profiling information, and acknowledges related work. 3. Burb, Programming with Bird Emojis from Esalangs.org Burb is a unique, untyped, purely functional programming language that was designed by users Melvin and S.C. Kellyman in 2021. The language is based on Lambda Calculus and Combinatory Logic, and its syntax is entirely comprised of bird emojis. Each emoji represents a different function or operation, such as the owl emoji representing the Lambda Calculus function backslash ab.bab, or the eagle emoji representing backslash ab.abcde. Syntax errors are impossible as long as at least one bird emoji is used. The language also includes a unique method of arithmetic, using church numerals. For example, Zero is encoded as a chick and a simple bird emoji, and the successor function can be written as a swan and a penguin emoji. The language also allows for the creation of pairs and lists using a combination of flamingo emojis and the desired elements. Burb is Turing complete, meaning it can simulate a Turing machine, a model of computation that defines an abstract machine which manipulates symbols on a strip of tape according to a table of rules. This is demonstrated by its ability to construct any term of the jot variant of IOTA, another esoteric programming language. The language currently has one interpreter, written by user Melvin and Haskell, 
which also features a binary lambda calculus to BURB transpiler. In essence, BURB is a playful yet complex language that combines elements of functional programming with a unique, emoji-based syntax. Its Turing completeness and ability to perform arithmetic and create data structures make it a fascinating study in the possibilities of programming language design. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to HackerCast.